The Structural Engineering Channel podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network, which can be found at cement.media. That's cement, C-E-M-E-N-T dot media. Welcome to this episode of the Structural Engineering Channel podcast, a podcast focused on helping structural engineering professionals stay up to date on technical trends in the field and to help them succeed in their careers and lives. In this episode, we will be talking about the importance of getting out of your comfort zone and how those experience where you try something outside of your wheelhouse often lead to seeing the greatest increase of personal and professional growth. I also have a very big announcement for you that we will get to a little bit later. Joining us today is Anthony Fasano, CEO of the Engineering Management Institute, or EMI, the owner of this podcast, and Kara Green, the Structural Engineering Trade Manager at Hilti North America for a very special episode. I'm your co-host, Alexis Clark. I work in Hilti's North American headquarters as the product manager of our chemical anchoring portfolio in the U.S. and Canada. I'm a licensed professional engineer in Texas. I received my bachelor's in civil engineering from UT Austin, and I'm currently an MBA candidate at Auburn. And I'm your host, Matthew Picardle. I'm a licensed engineer at DCI Engineers, practicing on structural projects in California with an undergraduate degree from Cal Poly Pomona and a master's in structural engineering from UC San Diego. Before we go on here, I'd like to let you know that the Engineering Management Institute has started a new series on the Civil Engineering Podcast called Civil Engineering Entrepreneurs, in which they interview top civil engineers in the industry on their entrepreneurial journeys, company visions, people skills, company growth metrics, problem-solving skills, and more. The first episode has already been published and features Gordon Green, PE of Patel, Green and Associates, talking about PGA's journey from two drainage engineers to a family of over 80 hardworking professionals. You can check it out at civilengineeringentrepreneurs.com or just go to civilengineeringpodcast.com. Now let's jump into our conversation of the week. Anthony, thanks so much for joining us today. I know we have you, we have Alexis Clark, and we have a mystery guest that we'll be revealing later on in the show. Uh, Anthony, it's been a while. What have you been uh, up to? Matt, I'm excited to be here. It's been some time since, you know, kind of you and I, I know we're co-hosting the show initially, and then we were lucky enough to have Alexis come on board. Things have been really good at EMI. We're continued to be focused on helping engineering professionals become better managers and leaders. We've been doing a ton of corporate training lately, which is great news because that means more and more companies understanding the value of soft skills and management skills and leadership skills for engineering professionals. And that's great because when I started EMI about 12 years ago or so, I kind of had to educate companies on the importance of those skills. And now it seems like they're just contacting us. And that's really a good sign, I think, for engineering professionals, because we do need those skill sets to succeed. I am excited about that. I'm also excited that I've been gotten involved with the GEMS Camp. And I know Alexis did kind of a full episode on that. It's a wonderful organization that really serves to inspire 
young girls in underserved communities on STEM subjects. It's a really important way of encouraging diversity in our industry, which is something that we need to do. We're really actually behind on that. And so at EMI, one of our goals is been to do that. And I thought joining the GEMS camp, which I found out about through Alexis, thankfully, has been great. It's been a lot of fun. And I think we've made a lot of progress already in what we've been doing there. And it seems like we're getting some momentum. And really my message there for anybody is get involved with something like that. Any way you can get involved with encouraging diversity in STEM and engineering, it's definitely something that's rewarding. And I think you'll get that rewarding feeling in addition to actually doing something great for your industry and for some of these young people that we can inspire. And then really lastly, we've just been continuing to produce a lot of content. The Geotechnical Engineering Podcast, I know we had Jared over here on the Structural Engineering Channel, and he's doing a great job with that podcast. And we're looking at a couple of new podcasts. And the bottom line is, is, you know, engineers in different disciplines need help. They want information that can help them. And we're trying to continue to provide that that's kind of what we want to continue to do. So I'm happy to be back here. I'm happy to see that the Structural Engineering Channel is kind of going and growing, and uh, I'm excited to be involved with this episode. So Anthony, you recently wrote an article on LinkedIn called Here's How to Push Yourself Outside of Your Comfort Zone and Why It Matters. In the article, I know you talked a little bit about the experience you had where you had to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and literally over the edge. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit with our audience you know, that experience that you had and what it is that you've learned from it? Recently, we took a vacation down to Florida, which was actually our first family trip in a very long time due to COVID, but we went down there for a family wedding. And before we came home, we wanted to take the kids to a water park one day. So we did. We took them to a water park in the Orlando area. And, you know, we're at the park for the day. And I keep seeing like this massive like water slide, like in the kind of in the backdrop of this this water park. And I'm, I'm kind of looking at it like, you know, it looks really interesting. I mean, the tubes literally were like straight down. And, you know, I couldn't get any of my kids to go on it. So I was like, after lunch, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'll catch up with you guys later. So I go to this ride and I get on this line and I'm waiting on the line for like probably 45 minutes to an hour. And I don't love drops or roller coasters, but I, you know, I don't necessarily not do them either. I'm kind of like in between on it. So I'm waiting on this line. I'm going up, you know, step after step. It's literally like a 45 minute line. I get up to the top. And it's literally a free fall water slide. So basically what that means is you climb into a tube, they close the door, there's a floor underneath you, and then they give you like the three countdown and the floor underneath you disappears and you just drop down. And basically your stomach <laughs> comes out of your mouth essentially. And it feels insane. But what was interesting was I got up there and you, know, you start to get really nervous like in that last flight of steps because you're able to peek up and you see like what people are doing. And I would say that about half of the people that came up did not do that. There's another option if you don't want to get in one of the three tubes. You can, there is actually just a free slide. You can get in and go down it, but it is also still like a straight down slide. And I would say that half of the people either go come out of the tube and go in the free slide or just walk back down after waiting an hour. That's how kind of scary it can be. Even they get in the tube, they close door and then they give you the thumbs up. And once they give the thumbs up, people don't give the thumbs up. They say, you know, let me out. I got up there and I was like, you know what, at this point, I'm just going to do it. I mean, I'm not going back down. I'm, you know, I'm here. I'm not, I, I want to be able to kind of like hail type of thing. I get in the tube. I watch the people in front of me. One girl comes out. Another girl tries to grab the, the glass as she's falling down, <laughs> which you can't do. And so I get there and I'm like, listen, it's going to be quick. It's going to be over soon. 
and you know they close the door when they close the door the sound of a heartbeat starts good you hear that like they play that music oh no <laughs> and then so now i'm sitting in there and the heartbeat's going and the girl looks at me and gives me like the thumbs up and i'm just like you know thumbs up and then you hear like a countdown kind of like a faint three two one <laughs> and all of a sudden the floor is gone it's basically like seriously like your stomach is just like coming out and you just drop after like a two seconds then you start to lay like more flat it's just the rush of like that couple of seconds there. When you're waiting after the like the thumb up, you're like, you know, what am I doing? Like this is insanity. And it's like almost too late to stop it. And then you're just like waiting for the floor to drop out. I mean, it was really cool. It was like terrifying, but it really what was cool about it was that one of the things that I often talk about in a lot of our training podcasts with engineers is, you know, a lot of times in your career, you need to do something that is, you know, uncomfortable. And it's something that is outside of your comfort zone. It's something you don't want to do. But many times you have to go there to like get to the next level in your career, achieve your goals. You need to push through that. And so it kind of made me feel like I'm not those kind of rides, but I kind of, I wanted to push through it. I wanted to do it and I did it. And so what was interesting was like for the rest of the day, I was just like, I could do any other ride here. Your confidence level just goes through the roof because there was even rides that were pretty intense, but I just did them. And I was like, I wasn't even thinking about it. I'm like, dude, if I did that other ride, if I stood in that tube and got the floor dropped out from under me, I could do like any ride. So I think it was like a really good career analogy because I think when you do something like that, it does give you a major confidence boost and it can elevate like your performance in other areas. I know we're going to be talking about some changes here today in, in a couple of minutes. And, you know, I think anytime you have like career transitions, you're trying to reach goals, you, you're going to inevitably have to do something that is probably uncomfortable, if not really uncomfortable. And I feel like if you're not going through events like that, you're probably not, you know, heading up in your career, heading towards your goals, most likely. So that's kind of my somewhat scary story. But now that I've done it, I feel good about telling it. Anthony, as you were telling that story, I could feel my heartbeat start to race. And I like started to get like a little bit short of breath. And you explained that one girl who was clawing at the side of the glass <laughs> issues. That would have been me. That would have been me. I would have been like, put so much pressure on either side of this glass where I will not fall off the thing. But first of all, congratulations, because that does take a certain amount of courage to be able to do that. And a trust outside of something greater than yourself. You can call that as spiritual as you want, but that takes courage to accept your circumstances and to let the riot happen. That one girl that I was talking about, she actually came out of the tube twice. Like she didn't give the thumbs up. She came out twice. She got back in and eventually, you know, she ended up going down. But like you said, it just takes some confidence, takes some courage. And then I think it's like anything, once you push through it, you know, I feel like you get that confidence boost and your confidence stays at that level, you know, and, and that's how you really truly build confidence. You have to get it up to a point where it can stay up and then, you know, look for something else if you want to take it higher. Relating to that story, for sure, it was, uh, I might have been walking down. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of those, so I definitely felt all that pressure. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, in terms of like uncomfortable situations, something similar to me that happened early in my career would give me that type of anxiety and the heart beating and, and all that was when I was still uh, getting my bachelor's, I was at Cal Poly Pomona and they would make us take a public speaking class, technical communications. Mm. So that, I always dreaded that class. And once I was in it, yeah, I still dreaded it. For me, my background was, you know, during high school and, and all that stuff, I was a really shy and quiet person and always hated public speaking whenever we were forced to do it. So I just thought I wasn't cut out for it. But when we got into this class, they would basically just make us do it. And 
what was helpful was you'd get feedback and, and stuff. And so you would actually get better each and every class. But I just remember it was an eternity waiting for my turn to speak. And it was only going to be like a five minute presentation, but just waiting for the speakers. I, I didn't even hear what the speakers were saying. I was, my heart was uh, beating, my palms were sweaty and I was like, had butterflies and I hated that feeling. And it was, I don't even know what you call that feeling, nervousness, scared or anxious, uh, all that stuff. And even when I was going up there and walking up, I could feel my legs shaking. And even when I was speaking, uh, it was horrible. Like I, I sucked. It was, I would stutter like that. I wouldn't even look at the audience and I sucked, <laughs> well, you know, for the first time. But after going through that experience, you're alive. I think going through that, going through all those emotions, at the end of it, you realize that, hey, you're still alive. And even though your classmates are very supportive, even though you know you completely sucked, but they would give you feedback and then the teacher would give you three things to work on. I'd go and work on those next three things. And then I would do it again, go through the same process, still emotionally like scarred, but knowing that, hey, I did it. I can do it again. Here are some things that I can focus on. Let me just try to work on these. And each time I went up there, the fear would never go away. The nervousness would never go away. But there was that confidence that you were saying, Anthony, that, hey, I've done this before. It sucks, but I'm getting better at it, at least little by little. And going through that experience, going through that class at the end of it, it brought my confidence up so much more just because that triggered that switch in me that, hey, public speaking is a skill. Uh, forget about being an introvert or an extrovert. It's something that you can learn, something that you can train. It really changed uh, my experience, even during school, because I would never raise my hand. But going through that experience, I had the courage to raise my hand during class. Like that was the thing for me. I never used to do that. But building that confidence, hey, I could raise my hand, then I could speak up during meetings. And this translates directly to the professional world, where I think a lot of engineers, like you were saying, that aren't really trained in soft skills and don't go through that training, they're used to being quiet. They're used to not being heard. They're used to being not speaking up or showing their ideas, maybe because they're shy or they, they're not confident speaking in front of a group. But once you get into the professional environment, you're always going to be working with a team. You're always going to be working with clients or working with your manager. You're always going to be communicating. And whether it's communicating one-on-one -on -one or one-to-many, you're still using that same skill of communication. Knowing that if you can speak to one person well, you can speak to a lot of people well. It's kind of just like a mindset shift thing. But knowing that, it kind of just opened the doors up to me in terms of if there's anything that I'm not comfortable with, I can get used to it. You may not be the best speaker in the world, but you know you can be competent in it and you can be effective in it if you practice it enough. And definitely something that in the professional world, I think it's going to benefit everybody, like you were saying, with the soft skills, because every engineer is technical, but it's tough to find engineers that have those communication skills, those soft skills. It's definitely wanted, and companies are looking for new leaders, and yeah, everyone's going to be technical, but it's the ones that have the courage or the understanding to speak up, get their ideas heard. You don't want to be invisible. It's hard to get a promotion if you're invisible, but if you can show your contribution, communicate your ideas well, communicate it even in front of a group, maybe even volunteering for group talks at your firm or whatnot, I think it really helps your career and 
getting over that fear. I know it's a big fear. It was for me, but just like Anthony said, it just builds that confidence, 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 and eventually you'll become comfortable at it. Comfortable enough to do a podcast. Or <laughs> it's obviously it's turned out for you because you not only started your own YouTube channel and you have a bazillion hits, but now you're a co-host of a, of a podcast. That was a big thing too. That was another moment when Anthony was asking me to do a podcast. I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, what? Are you serious? Interviewing people and whatnot. But saying yes to opportunities like that really helps you grow and builds confidence and relevant to, doesn't matter what profession you're in. I think if you're always going to be talking to people, I think in like 90% of the professions out there. So very crucial skill. And I'm glad Anthony's uh, taking the lead on helping engineers with that. That's awesome. Yeah. And like to Matt's point, I think all of these experiences in your career just build upon one another. I would recommend that those of you out there don't necessarily just look at your experiences kind of good or bad experiences, but they're all really learning experiences. And, you know, every time you accomplish something, every time you don't accomplish something, you learn from it, you most likely build your confidence that builds you up to the next opportunity in your career. And I just hope that through this episode that we're kind of inspiring some engineers to be uncomfortable, do things that are uncomfortable, because that's what's going to push you in your career to get to probably most likely to some of the lofty goals that you are shooting for. Absolutely. So I have, um, I actually have two examples to share. One is professional and one's personal. And I think they're both really important that you stretch yourself in both of those dimensions of your life. Many of you know that I, I started as an engineer with Tilty and throughout the course of my career, I transitioned from field engineering to technical marketing as a structural engineering trade manager. And one of the reasons I felt comfortable and ambitious to make that pivot, although it was very different from being a consulting engineer to moving to engineering marketing, is that I knew the content. I knew the technical aspects of the products that I'd be supporting and the different uh, initiatives and software that we'd be supporting. So I at least knew half of what the world was responsible for and the marketing stuff were soft skills that I could figure out on the fly. But I had an opportunity at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, luckily before the pandemic hit, where I was asked to be one of three people selected from throughout the Hilti world to come together and evaluate a new business opportunity. And when I learned of the experience and the opportunity, I immediately said, I mean, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll do it. I mean, these are people that I respect and this is a really amazing opportunity. And as soon as I said, yes, I recognized, oh my God, these are people I really respect and this is a really big opportunity. So I didn't want to let them down. And I admittedly felt some sense of imposter syndrome because the technical area that we were assessing was now outside of my wheelhouse. So not only am I doing a business opportunity development, which I had never done before, especially at the global level. I also wasn't very familiar with the actual aspect of, of construction that we were evaluating. It was terribly um, humbling at first. I, I was thankful that I was able to ask a lot of people along the way, you know, how can I be a better partner? What can I really bring to the table? What are you expecting for me to contribute that's different than my peers? And in asking some of those questions, I really helped made a definition for myself of how I could be successful in that opportunity. I don't think I nailed it. I wasn't the most valuable player on the team, but among this, this team of 10, I, through that uh, experience, not only was able to contribute to the project, but I learned so much that I would not have had the opportunity to do so outside of that, that one-off chance to really try something completely out of my comfort zone. I think I had one semester of my MBA under my belt when I said yes, and that does not a business person make. So um, it was definitely outside of my technical depth as well as my business acumen, which was definitely very interesting. 
The second example I give is very brief, but in 2018, one of my girlfriends that used to be my roommate in college taught me how to oil paint. It's a skill that she was very talented at. And I thought, okay, I'll just start oil painting at home. That's kind of fun. It's different. I like art. I'm kind of creative. This would be a good outlet, something, something creative to do outside of work. In my hometown of Fort Worth, there is an art week that's a pretty big deal. And there are several ex uh, juried exhibitions where anyone can submit. They're judged by uh, someone who's been selected and they're a panel and they evaluate the art and they select a certain number and they show them they can be sold. And just a year and a half into my oil painting journey, I had someone say, hey, you paint stuff that is just as good as, you know, whatever nonsense they're picking and putting up on these walls, you should submit. And although it has nothing to do with engineering competency, I, I think as engineers, sometimes we freeze up if we don't feel 100% capable of doing something. And I am not a classically trained artist. I certainly don't have a background from that. And I think it was something that's seemingly subjective in comparison to engineering, which is pretty rigid and pretty objective in many aspects. It's hard for us to step into that space of vulnerability where I'm putting something that is personal to me, whether it's you know speaking or writing, if you like to write at home or creating a piece of art, it's even harder in some situations to put this piece of yourself in, on display in front of other people for them to literally judge. And, and it was a growing experience. I'm glad I did it. I was not selected for the show and I don't take any hard feeling from that. But I think the best thing that came of that is I having gone through that, that experience of showing a part of myself and not having it be accepted. Actually, I feel more bold in my choices now as, as a painter of, of what is it that I want to put on the canvas? You know what? I don't really care what other people think. This is for me. This is for my enjoyment. And I feel stronger in my convictions when I make a decision one way or the other. I feel prouder about my very small artistic accomplishments that kind of, you know, bring a different aspect of painting that is not just something that's a little bit of self-care for myself. It's also a point of pride and like an aspect of my character now that I, that I kind of take on rather than just this hobby I have on the side. What you mentioned, it doesn't matter if it's career or even the personal development. Well, I guess that is like, both of those things, you can get lessons, whatever experience you go through, and it'll either give you more confidence or maybe you can translate some of the skills. But I think overall, trying to learn something, taking things as a lesson, like, hey, maybe this isn't the best way. Like, hey, I'm not proficient in this, but let's see what we can learn from it. Let's go with it. And what can we learn from this experience? It may not be good. It may not be bad, but I think you can always learn something from it. And I think either way, it'll help you grow. You know, I've done a lot of work with engineers, like one-on-one, -on -one, like career coaching, advising. And I think what Alexis mentioned there at the end about being confident, caring less about what others think of me is definitely a sign of increased confidence. Because when you're confident, you know, a lot of times you could care less. You're focused. You know what you want to do. You're going to do it. No one's going to stop you type of mentality. And I feel like when you have that mentality, the ceiling in your career is much higher because there's really no one's going to be able to stop you because, or you're not going to stop because you think someone's going to think something. You're just going to, you know, be focused on what your goals are and know that you can hit them and just go after them. And so that's, uh, for those of you that are trying to gauge whether or not you've been able to grow your confidence, feeling like that could be a definite, you know, positive indicator. I actually think that submitting to that art show made me more confident as a professional because I now have this sense of, you know, I know I'm going to get feedback. I know that there is going to be someone out there who has a suggestion or a vision or commentary on, on what it is I do. So when I produce something for a teammate now within my current function, 
I know that there's going to be feedback, but I feel that much more comfortable in what I've created at the beginning. And I know that just like design or a presentation or anything that we do in our professional world, there's always an iteration and anything we create. The first draft is not the last draft. It's not the final. And there's going to be those steps in between. And I think it's definitely made me more confident in the first draft that I present to others. And it has made me more receptive and more, a little bit more self-assured, I guess, when I do get that feedback. I think many engineers, we are, we're just, we're so hard on ourselves and we want to be precise and we want to be accurate and we are very thorough by nature. And so we're afraid to show a vulnerability of, oh, I forgot something or, oh yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. And I think even some of those little personal victories where you've sharpened a new skill or you've put yourself in a, a scary position that pushes yourself outside of your comfort zone, you embody that. It's something that you can easily apply to your professional world as well. Yeah. And just one last thought, I guess, to take it full circle back to that waterfall, that water slide that I was talking about was that the effort and the energy to get on that slide and go down was tremendous. But once I did it, everything else was so much easier, right? It's like I could have done anything else. So I think that's also something you look for when you have something that is scary to you is that it's going to take a lot to push through it. But on the other side of it, everything becomes so much easier. I think that's one of the building blocks of confidence. Like once you get over one thing, hey, you bring on the next challenge. Let's do it. Alexis, you mentioned earlier that you have some big news to share with us. Are you ready to share it with our listeners? I sure am. I think you just gave me a perfect segue because it's all about what's that new challenge. I'm incredibly excited to share that I have been offered some great opportunities here within Hilton North America. Uh, one is a specific leadership development uh, program that I will be intensely involved in for the remainder of 2021, as well as some new responsibilities moving forward. So I'm super excited for those opportunities. I can definitely attribute some of my success and some of the, the confidence and um, speaking abilities that I've built over the past year that have gotten me into these new challenges directly to the podcast. So I'm very thankful for my time here. Honestly, this is probably one of the funnest things I've ever done. This was new for me. This is outside of my comfort zone to an extent. And uh, I have been so enamored with this process and getting to speak to all of our amazing interviewees and getting to obviously work with the best co-host ever, Matt Picardo, and the entire EMI team. Anthony, Angelique, just everyone we've, we've had an opportunity to work with, the other podcast hosts. This has been a very beautiful and unique opportunity that not many people get. And I'm glad I took the chance and put myself in this position to grow myself in different ways. But unfortunately, I will be officially leaving the podcast after this episode. We're all going to be sad to see you go. We're, I was excited when you accepted the offer to come on as a host. And, you know, as I know, Matt was as well. And you've worked well together. And I think you've gotten a lot of good information out to a lot of structural engineering professionals. And that's the goal of this show. And you guys have done a great job on it. And I'm glad that it was something for you that was, you know, a little bit out of your comfort zone because it helped you to grow while, you know, helping our guests hopefully to grow with some of the information you were providing. So from EMI and from the listeners, if I can kind of speak for them here, thanks for putting the time in. And as much as we're sad to see you go, we're excited to hear about who you're going to introduce to us here, our mystery guest that's going to have to come on and kind of fill the void, but I think she'll do a great job. While I leave you and I'm sad to do so, I know I'm leaving y'all in fantastic hands as if Matt Picardo wasn't enough of a rock on this show to promise that it's going to be steady moving forward. I'm really excited to introduce to y'all Kara Breen. She is the new structural engineering trade manager for Hilti North America. 
and I'm excited to introduce her now. Thank you. I'm very excited to be on the podcast. I just realized, Matt, you mentioned that you had a YouTube channel, and I realize now that I have actually watched your YouTube channel. (laughs) (laughs) I have watched a couple of videos, and I was like, this guy looks oddly familiar, and now I know (laughs) why. The small world, the structural engineering world. Uh, Matt and I were actually chatting back and forth between each other during another episode where I realized I just read this guy's article in in Structure Mag and I was going to email him about it. And and we were kind of talking back and forth. It's a small pool of leading characters, we can say, that really lead the structural engineering industry. And I pose that as a kind of an opportunity to many of our audience members, if you're listening. That means there's space for you. So please join the pool. So I'm, again, extremely excited to join. I know there's a little bit about my background. So I'm currently, again, the new structural engineering trade manager for Hilti North America for U.S. and Canada. Beforehand, I worked as the structural field engineer for Hilti in Houston, Texas. And before that, I worked as a design engineer for a small firm in Huntsville, Alabama. I received my civil engineering degree from the University of Alabama in Huntsville. And I've been currently working, uh, I guess, now for, what, six years already since I've graduated. I'm very excited to join you all. So, Kara, when Alexis told us she was going to leave the show, we obviously wanted to find someone else that could come on as a co-host, and she recommended you and what you felt when she approached you or asked you about it. What were your original thoughts about hosting the podcast? So with everything in the engineering community, and, you know, Alexis just touched on it, there's not a lot of outreach, especially on certain media, in regards to the structural engineering profession. Matt obviously has his YouTube channel, which now that I realize it's him also on this, it shows that the reach and the discussion around structural engineers is very small, especially in maybe a social media space or a podcast space. When she approached me about it, I thought it was a very interesting opportunity. So I've worked with Alexis for the past five years. She and I used to be on a previous team together. And I follow her on LinkedIn and I kept seeing these pop-ups about the Engineering Management Institute. And I started looking at the podcast, looking at some of the conversations that were being done on the podcast, and it looked like a great growth opportunity, uh, which has been previously mentioned that getting out of your comfort zone, you, all of you all have mentioned different stories of getting out of your comfort zone. And while Hilti making the transition from a more design role to Hilti, which is a very expansive role in regards to development because we work as a field engineer while we are technical experts. We also have to gain marketing experience, sales experience. We do uh, continuing education. We do internal trainings. You know, that is a very expansive role in regards to development and getting out of your comfort zone. So I spent five years in that role. So I felt fairly comfortable. So with this new role, it's always interesting, or when I was approached with this opportunity, it's just that one extra thing to make me uncomfortable. And I think there's the saying, get comfortable with being uncomfortable in order to develop yourself. So that is kind of one of the reasons why I decided to take the opportunity. It looks like a great growth opportunity. Thanks for sharing that. And again, it really fits in well. And that's kind of why We wanted to go with this theme of this episode, of course, of trying to push through some of the challenges in your career or, you know, 
Kara just really summed it up great. You know, you have to kind of be comfortable with being uncomfortable if you want to grow in your career. And I, I don't really know many people that don't want to grow. So we kind of all essentially need to do that. What would kind of be one of your goals or what's a goal for you of hosting the podcast? Would you hope to accomplish through this process? Uh, and it may have been the conversation I had with you at one point um, in the past was, so how I was working with Hilti, again, I used to be a design engineer. I remember being a very introverted design engineer. I remember being essentially like the junior engineer who did all of the grunt work, who sat quietly in her office, ran through the calculations and handed it to the supervisor and he would go talk to the owner. When I made the transition from Alabama to Texas and I made the transition into the role that I had prior to this one that I just took, there was a lot of development that had to happen for me to be a better engineer for the engineers that I served in order to kind of convey communication, just to provide them opportunities for growth in their own designs and what I was doing with Hilti. But also during that time, who I worked with were leaders in the organization and there were specific characteristics that set them apart. And you all have touched on them is the soft skills that they have that allows them to lead projects, that allows them to speak to owners, that allows them to collaborate with multiple people across their organization. As I've grown as a professional myself, I know that those skills are very important for the growth of anyone who wants to move forward in their career. So a podcast in particular that addresses soft skills or which we talked about getting uh, comfortable with being uncomfortable or all of the things that caused us to grow professionally, the Engineering Management Institute really addressed that on your website, on all of your communication. It's talking about growth and getting out of your comfort zone of just being, I hate to say a keyboard warrior, but stuck behind your desk and not progressing. That's probably not the most appropriate thing to say. I like it. I've never heard that term before, a keyboard warrior. I think you're right. I mean, I think if you want to sit there and just do what you're doing as an engineer every day, which is all important work, it's easy to do that. But if you want to serve your clients better, if you want to be more proactive in your community, you're going to need to get some of those other skills. And so it is good, Kara, to hear you talk about the importance of that and kind of that being something that drove you towards taking on this experience, which is awesome. And I think to your point, one of the things we want to try to do with the podcast here going forward is balance it, have some technical and have some soft skill topics so we can kind of weave them together because structural engineering professionals need both, just like every other type of engineer out there. And so we're excited for that and we're excited to have you. And it's great that that's kind of like something that drove you towards it because that's exactly, like you said, the goal and the mission of EMI and the podcast in general. I just want to once again, welcome Kara on board EMI. You know, we're thrilled to have you on board and I think you're going to do a great job continuing to grow this podcast and help more and more structural engineering professionals. And we're happy that, you know, you're taking on the challenge, kind of pushing yourself in your career and I know Matt will be here with open arms, ready to help you and help to continue to grow the show. And Alexis, really just a thank you to you for coming on board. You know, people don't realize how much work it is really to host a podcast and be involved with it. There's a lot that goes into it, you know, in addition to everything you're doing at work and the rest of your life. And so 
we appreciate you putting the time in. You've really helped to get the podcast on the map so that more structural engineers can find it and they can help them. And that's really what I love about doing what we do at EMI is that if I get one email from a podcast listener saying that they made a career changing decision, that's kind of enough for me. And I'm, I'm happy with doing the podcast for that. So Again, welcome, Kara, Alexis. Thank you so much for everything you've done. And, you know, we're still going to be in touch. We're going to be working together on the GEMS camp. And I know we'll have to have you back on the podcast here now and then to catch up. With that, we're going to let Matt and Alexis kind of take us out and give us uh, their final outro here together on the podcast. So thank you so much, Alexis. Kara, I'm so excited to have you here. I know I've been working with Alexis a lot. She's been saying a lot of great things. So I, I take her recommendation Definitely trust your recommendation. And I already got to meet you for a little bit. Uh, definitely want to get to know you more throughout this whole process. And I'm sure we'll do great. But thank you for taking up a challenge. I know it's not comfortable at first. I think we were all in that same boat, but I'm so glad that you were able to accept that. And I know you'll get a lot out of it too. Like what Anthony was saying was the reach and helping other structural engineers. For me personally, having strong women like Alexis and you. I think it really does help other structural engineers, especially women, that where they can see the, the diversity that our industry has, and that though I think the more they see it, the more they think it'll be believable. So I think even just doing that and making yourself exposed out there and being vulnerable and being on a podcast like this, uh, it really helps the whole industry out. And I know getting those emails for uh, of when people you've inspired them or they see you and that you've helped them out, I think it'll be definitely worthwhile. Alexis, thank you so much for joining me, helping me on this journey, helping the whole podcast. I definitely learned a lot from you. I'm definitely going to miss you. You have uh, such a great way with people. That's something that I've uh, definitely learned from you, how you connect with people, how you treat them, how you listen. And obviously, I'm still a work in progress. So for me, getting to work with you, kind of seeing that, like setting the bar or showing those skills that I can still work on. Uh, it's definitely been a joy and a pleasure. And thank you so much for joining me on this. I really appreciate the very, very kind words, Matt. I think listening and people are, are skills you never stop growing. So that's one that we can all get comfortable with being uncomfortable because there's always room to be better. So I'm a work in progress myself. I guess I just want to close it out by, by saying, Kara, I think it is so beautiful that you bring it back to this service. You're here to help others. That's really why we do this. This is why Anthony started his company. This is why Matt and I have been podcast hosts. This is why you, Kara, felt, felt compelled to take up this challenge. And it, it really is in the service of our audience and to make sure that they're getting beneficial technical and soft skills and they're, they're getting information that they otherwise maybe wouldn't have time to procure and read and digest and understand on their own. There's something really noble in that. And there's something beautiful in the service of others. My final comment is, is to the audience. I want to thank you guys for a year and a half of an amazing journey. Thank you, like Matt said, for emails and LinkedIn messages and texts and whatever else we get. Any kind of communication from you guys is always encouraging to us because we don't always get to, to hear your direct feedback. So it's really wonderful to get those that kind of outreach. And my ask um, to you guys is please continue to reach out uh, to Matt and Tara and EMI with subjects that you want to hear and with topics that you're excited to learn about or that you're curious to learn about or something you didn't understand from an episode, those kind of interactions are, are why we do this. We're here for you. And that kind of feedback 
is so valuable to us making this content more and more rich for your consumption. So thank you all. Thank you, Matt. Kara, you're going to rock it. I'm glad people like my, my suggestions because I thought I did pretty well at recommending you. So looking forward to all the great things you do. I hope you enjoyed the episode today. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, and or questions to leave them. Please visit structuralengineeringchannel.com. There you will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, which is episode number 52, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, we wish you all the best in your structural engineering endeavors. The Structural Engineering Channel podcast is published by the Engineering Management Institute and is part of EMI's Civil Engineering Media and Entertainment Network. The opinions on the show are those of the hosts and guests, not their employers. For information on EMI's people and project management skills training programs for civil engineering professionals, visit engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.